by Essentials by Temi. Created with luxury and wellness in mind, Essentials by Temi is an organic, plant-based skincare line founded by Nigerian-Canadian beauty advisor Temi Shobowale. Create an account at EssentialsbyTemi.com to be notified when a new batch is ready to order. Welcome back to Le Bon. I am your host, Evelyn. So today's episode, we are going to dive into the wild ride that was my five years in Miami, Florida. So I started off on the journey to pursue my modeling career in 2014. And in 2015, I realized that there wasn't a lot of paid opportunity for modeling in Maryland. So uh, I was considering where I should go after... Maryland. I had gotten my degree. I was ready to leave. And New York was way too cold. Could not live there. I know myself. I would be miserable. And um, at the time, California was also out of the question because I didn't really know anybody there. I knew like one person and I don't feel like that was enough to move my entire life to California. So I chose Miami because It was the furthest southern city that was still in the United States, and it had a pretty decent modeling industry. So before we dive into the nitty gritty, I want to set the tone for my experience in Florida by sharing this news clip that I came across on the evening news, just watching TV like a regular day, and I thought I'd share it with you. 911, do you have an emergency? Yes, there's somebody stuck in a sewer over here on Atlantic in uh, sorry, 11th Avenue. Somebody's stuck there's in There's a lady stuck in a sewer. Yes, okay. ma'am. What? She cannot get out. She's screaming for help. 11. Yeah, the cops are on their way, okay? So a female Hello? stuck in the sewer? Yes, ma'am. How did she get in there? I'm not sure. I don't know. She was just screaming for help, and the lady was walking, and she... I, like, I had my window down. I was driving, and she heard her screaming. We heard her screaming. So she's naked. She don't have on no clothes. So I, All right, we have helped the 30 on the way. Can you see any visible injuries on her? You hurt? Hey. No. No, she ain't hurt. She just don't got on no clothes. A Florida woman missing for nearly three weeks, found naked, and stuck in a storm drain. Yesterday, a 911 caller said they heard yelling from below ground in Delray Beach. That's north of Boca Raton. Pictures from the scene show a special operations team lifting a grate, lowering a ladder, and using a harness to hoist the woman up to ground level. Officials say she couldn't stand. She was very dirty. She was taken to a hospital with superficial wounds mostly. Officials are still trying to figure out just what happened. So, yes, you heard that correctly. The more detailed version of this story is that this 40-year-old woman and her partner were skinny dipping in a canal. I know, why would you go skinny dipping in a canal? But I don't have the answer, Sway. So they went skinny dipping in a canal, and during that adventure, she happened upon a door. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in Miami and you've seen the canals. They have these, like, tubes at the end with, like, doors on them. So I'm assuming that's the door she saw. 
So she opened some random canal door and just moseyed right on inside, just walked right in, only to be lost in the sewer system for three weeks. Now, how do we know she was missing for three weeks? Well, her partner that she went skinny dipping with reported her missing the same day that she disappeared through that mysterious door. So the 911 call is what finally got her out of the sewers. So I feel like this single news clip really gives you an idea of how wild and out of control Florida was. It's like, it was like living in an exotic zoo, but the handlers are crazier than the animals somehow. So one of my first jobs was at Miami International Airport. And while working there, I think that's when I started to realize just how crazy and out of control Miami is and also how unlike any other American city it is. So I worked at BWI in Maryland, Baltimore, Washington International Airport, and it was completely different experience working at Miami International. So first and foremost, and most importantly, if you want to live in Miami, you better learn how to speak some Spanish because... When I tell you that it is not a game about speaking Spanish, it is a survival tactic to learn Spanish in Miami. When I first started working at the airport, the other waitresses were like, you know, don't worry about the Spanish speaking tables. We'll take care of them. You guys just worry about the English speaking tables. And here I am so naive. I was like, oh my God, that's so nice. How, how thoughtful of them, you know, to consider the language barrier. But very quickly, I realized that all the tables speak Spanish, or at least 90% of them. And so naturally, I was like, mm -mm, this ain't gonna work for me. I can't just take English tables. I wouldn't have made any money. So best believe that I learned Spanish. And pretty quickly, I might say. Luckily, the same waitresses were willing to help me learn Spanish. They would teach me words. And if I mixed up a word, they would try to correct me. So that was really nice. But I'm a linguistics major, and I thrive when thrown into an environment where a different language is spoken. So luckily, I was able to pick up Spanish because I really was in a Spanish-speaking environment. Like It was like French immersion, but real life, and I had a say in it, and I had to figure it out. So my first, wow, Florida is crazy moment happened on my first Christmas day. I was working at the airport on Christmas. Now, mind you, the restaurant that I was in was in the lobby of the Miami International Airport Hotel. So we were the hotel's restaurant. So I remember there was a lady security guard that worked at the hotel and she was walking towards our host stand with a gentleman. But when I say walking, it wasn't exactly walking more so as she was like trying to like stiff arm him away. Which, when you look at it, it's like, that's weird. And so she comes up to, or they come up to the host stand. And this man is obviously way drunk, like lit, can barely stand. You can tell just looking at him. But he still insists on coming into our restaurant to get a drink. Now, mind you, I'm in the early stages of learning Spanish. And this entire interaction is happening in Spanish. This man keeps asking, por favor, una cerveza, which means please, can I have a beer? And they're telling him, no es posible, um, tu eres muy borracha. Now, 
I recognize that word. Ding, 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 ding. Boracha. Because if you're like me, you learn all the fun words first and then learn the important words later. So I knew that boracha meant drunk. So this man managed to get into the restaurant, get past the host, get past the server, go to the bar and ask the bartender for a drink. The bartender has eyes so he can see that this man is also drunk and tells him, like, we're refusing service. So at this point, he's got a waitress, a bartender, and a host telling him that he can't be served. This man starts singing. Singing. He starts singing, Solo quiero una cerveza, por favor. He's, like, legitimately singing for a beer. Like, doing a little dance, doing a little shuffle. And so, eventually... Security called the cops because he wouldn't leave and he was causing a scene because he was singing at the top of his lungs for a beer. So the cops show up and they tell him he can't be served because he's obviously intoxicated. And he starts getting froggy with the cops and starts getting a little physical. I don't know if you've ever been to Miami International Airport, but those are not the cops to fuck with. I don't e- I didn't even like looking at them because I didn't want them to think that I was up to something, even though I wasn't. That's just how they were. Like, they didn't play games at Miami International Airport. Those cops were not ones to play with. So, naturally, he got arrested because he got froggy. And um, later, hotel security tells me that this man went ballistic in the car, and he had no kind of identification on him. And it turns out he was a Mexican national and ended up getting deported because he didn't have any proper paperwork on him. So that was the first time I saw someone get arrested at the airport. Certainly wouldn't be the last. I can honestly say that I've seen more people get arrested at Miami International Airport than I've seen people get arrested anywhere else in my life at any point. (laughs) (laughs) legit I've never seen so many people come into the airport and act a fool and get arrested and I worked at BWI you know the closest thing that came to that kind of ruckus at BWI was this woman found out that her husband was cheating on her before they got on a plane to go on vacation and she was like chasing him around the airport like how could you do this to me you're such trash but it didn't they didn't get deported you know, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, so it was really crazy to see that. But that wouldn't be the last time I saw someone get arrested. I've seen many, many people get arrested at Miami International Airport. So after working at the airport for a few years, I wanted to make some better money. So I was lucky enough to be hired at a hotel on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. And I thought to myself, okay, this could be way more chill. It's a hotel. It's on the beach. More my speed, right? So my first week there, I'm training, right? I'm not making tips or anything. I'm just training to see what the position is like. And um, there's this one morning, I get there at 6 a.m. to open the breakfast shift with the girl who's training me. And as we're getting ready to deliver our first order, the fire alarm goes off. Now, I know what a fire drill is, but... I'm new at this job. I don't know what the procedure is for their fire drill. So I'm there with my manager and my coworker who's training me. And they're like, oh, they're working on the fire system since yesterday. Just ignore it. 
And so we're like, okay. And I'm like, okay, this is my manager telling me this, my coworker telling me this, no big deal. So we go deliver the first meal. Now, when we're getting ready to open the door for this first meal, we didn't even get the chance to like knock and somebody in, on the inside threw the door open and this family was like literally running out of the door. And here we are delivering their breakfast and they're like, isn't this a fire drill or isn't there like a fire alarm going off? And the girl who's training me is like, no, you know, they've been testing the fire alarm for a few days now. Don't worry about it. And we lay out their breakfast and we tell them to dial zero when they're done so we can come pick it up. And so then we go downstairs back where we were before where we got the food. And when I tell you there was no one downstairs, there was no one downstairs. So that was like the first red flag spidey senses are tingling for me because I'm like where did everybody go like my manager was just down there two chefs were just down there like where did they go and so I say to her the girl who's training me I'm like where did everyone go it's like a ghost town down here and she's like oh well you know it's like six in the morning people have different things to do in different places in the hotel so sometimes you won't see people around and so our next order is up in the window and we go grab it there's no chef in the kitchen the chef who just made this order is gone. I was like, okay, also a red flag. So we start walking towards the other set of elevators because there were two sets of elevators in the building. And as we're walking towards the elevator, I notice that one, I'm still not seeing anyone. And two, I'm getting a smell of something burning. Like I couldn't describe it, but it's, it just smelled like something was burning. And so I looked at my coworker and I said, Hey girl, do you, do you smell that? It kind of, kind of smells like something's burning. And she goes, Oh, um, I'm sure one of the chefs just like burnt some toast or something. And in my head, like now these alarms are going off because I'm like, sis, you just told me that it makes sense that nobody's down here. So nobody's down here, but somebody burnt some toast down here. Which one is it? And so I just got really quiet because something felt terribly wrong, but I'm polite <laughs> to a fault, obviously. And I didn't want to start anything. I'm new. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it always smells like something is burning in this building. I don't know. So we go up. I think it's like the 20-something floor that we're delivering this food to. And we ring the doorbell, ring the doorbell, ring the doorbell, call the room. Nobody's answering. And I'm like starting to feel this dread in my soul. I'm like, isn't it weird that we didn't see anybody downstairs? It smelled like something was burning. We get up here. People aren't answering their rooms. Like, what if this is a fire? Like, what if it's not a drill? Or or even if it is a drill, what if everyone just went outside? And so she's like, you know what? Just to like ease your mind, let's go look out of the windows that are in the elevator bay. If we see everyone lined up on the beach, it's a fire drill and we'll go out with them. <laughs> we walk up to these windows and I didn't even get the chance to look across the street because from the building below us, a giant cloud of black smoke is rising from the building that we're standing in, from the building beneath us. So that's when I got mad and I grabbed this girl's arm and I said, we are leaving this building right now. And unfortunately I had to take the elevator cause I didn't know where the stairs were. I know you're not supposed to take the elevator in a fire, but I just started working there and I didn't know where the stairs were. So we took the elevator all the way down and walked out of the building. And I swear to God, remember the manager from earlier that I told you 
was like, oh, no, it's all good. Go ahead. Or send that order. She is crying. She is standing across the street by the beach crying because she's like, why didn't you pick up your phone to the girl that I'm with? Why didn't you answer your radio? I was calling you this whole time. There's a fire in the garage. Turns out a car overheated or something or blew somebody's engine in the garage blew up and caught fire and set fire to the car next to it. So when we were walking towards the elevators, the elevators are in the direction of the garage. That's what I was smelling. I was smelling a car on fire. And so I was just like, I almost didn't go back to that job because I was like, these people are going to kill me. Like I could have died that day. But luckily I was like, you know what? This is a fluke. This girl who refused to acknowledge the fact that there might be a fire is leaving. I'm replacing her. So it might not be that bad. And it ended up being a really great job. I loved that job. But that first week, that first training, I was like, y'all almost lost me. Because what I'm not going to do is die for y'all. Not for no breakfast. Excuse me. So that was really annoying. And um, yeah, in other places when there's a fire drill, most people take it seriously. But I don't I don't know what it is about like the Florida attitude to just be like, meh, no big deal. But I survived. And um, needless to say, I was annoyed, but I made it. So another aspect of everyday life that is super stressful in Miami is driving. Oh my God. It's probably one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my adult life is drive in Miami. So before I moved to Florida in all the 25 years of my life, I had never been in a car accident until I moved to Florida. I had never been in a car accident. Not one, not even a little bumper to bumper accident. Nothing. I had been in zero accidents. By the time I left after five years, I'd been in three. Only one of them, thank God, was a major accident. The other two were just like little bumps here and there. But the major one really messed me up. I ended up needing six months of physical therapy. I had to buy a new adjustable mattress. I'm never allowed to sleep on my stomach again because there's a muscle in my back that's messed up. And... um. So yeah, needless to say, driving in Miami can be a little traumatic. My first near brush with death in a car, I was on a date with a very nice French boy. Um, We were both drinking that night, so we decided to take an Uber. So on the way back from the bars, we got this really sweet, older Venezuelan lady who was our driver. So my French pal... He spoke some Spanish and they were just like exchanging pleasantries, you know, getting to know each other a little, him practicing his Spanish. At one point in our journey, this sweet old lady misses her exit. No big deal, right? A normal person would just keep driving to the next one, come back that way. No. This lady put her car in reverse on the 95. She put her car in reverse and started backing up. Now, me and this guy were losing it. We were like, oh my God, please stop. We're going to die. You can't do this. This is illegal. And the whole time she's going, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I do all, I do this all the time. It's okay. It's okay. Like her level of calm really showed me that she did this like often. She was far too calm for a woman with her car in reverse on the 95. Like, I thought I was going to pass out. I was so stressed out. And she was just like, no, it's okay. It's okay. 
So that was only the beginning of my driving woes. That was pretty early on into my time in Miami. But um, the worst car accident that I ever saw in my life, let alone in Florida, was one morning on my way to work. Now, this is when I worked in Fort Lauderdale. So I normally take this one route that takes me on the highway. But this day I was early. I had done everything on time. So I took like the more, I guess you call it more the the more scenic route where you get to see the port and the beach and all that. And it was like a really chill drive. It was such a chill drive that my dumbass thought to myself, man, this is the nicest drive I've ever had to work. I'm really excited about that. Shouldn't have done that. I swear to God, I jinxed myself because as soon as I thought that thought, as soon as my head went, man, it's such a nice day and such a nice drive. And I'm so lucky. All hell broke loose. I mean, all hell. So, um, on the way to work, there were two cars ahead of me. It's two lanes right in front of me. is just a four door sedan. And then In the right lane next to them is a black Escalade. Now, all of a sudden, without warning, without a turn signal, without so much as a, hey, I'm about to do some crazy shit, the person in the black Escalade made a sharp left turn into the person in front of me's lane. I don't know why, but they did. And so the person in front of me who just got, had someone cut into their lane at like 35 miles an hour did what anyone would do in that situation, which was to slam on the brakes. Now, the problem with that is, first of all, there was nothing she could do to avoid that car. That car just decided, I'm going to be in your lane now. And there was really nothing she could do to avoid that. Second of all, I don't know if you've ever slammed on your brakes so hard. When you slam on your brakes, the back of your car kind of lifts and the front of your car goes down. So when she slammed on her brakes and the back of her car lifted and the front went down, when she hit the Escalade, I don't know the momentum or what, but the force of her coming to an abrupt stop and her car going down in the front and lifting in the back made it so that her car went airborne. So her car flew through the air, chopped down a palm tree, and then landed on its side. And I swear it was like, I watched it in slow motion because I, when he cut that wheel, I out loud, I heard myself and it sounded really slow. So it might've been my adrenaline, but out loud, I heard myself go, no, what are you doing? (laughs) It's not funny, but that's how it sounded. And so then I was screaming. Next thing I knew, lucky for me, all the rest of us were driving at a really safe distance from each other. So we were all able to stop, but I just wasn't even thinking. I stopped and I ran out of my car because I was right behind this person. And I'm like, are they alive? They just got Millie rocked all up and down the beach. And so I got out of my car without really thinking. I ran to the car that got hit because it's like wedged between this garbage can. So it's kind of like floating on one side. And I was like knocking on the window. I was like, are you okay? And so the door swings open and y'all, it's my coworker from the hotel. Little backstory. There was a housekeeper at the hotel and we had developed a somewhat of a bond because she liked carrot cake muffins and the pastry department always made them in the morning and had some left over. But because she was always up in the rooms cleaning, she never got to them before everybody else ate them because they'd bring them in the break room. 
So I would save her a few. And that was our relationship. I hid carrot cake muffins for her. She appreciated it. That was it. But when I tell you that she threw open that door and we looked each other in the eye like, what? And she was so lost. She was super confused. She was like, where am I? She was asking for her mother. Mind you, this is an older woman. She's like maybe in her 50s. And she's asking me, have you seen my mother? And she's like grabbing my shirt. And I'm like, she's been in an accident. (laughs) I'm not good in a crisis, y'all. I'm not good. And needless to say, I was was freaking out because she was like bleeding from her mouth and falling in and out of consciousness. And so then this guy in a yarmulke shows up and he's like, I'm an EMT, get her on her back. And so all these people were on the beach. So people had like beach towels and stuff and they gave us beach towels and I laid her on her back and I'm crying and she's passing out and I'm shaking her. I'm like, please, you got to wake up. You can't go to sleep. You're not allowed to sleep right now. And um, it's it's just full mayhem. And so the guy with the yarmulke... <laughs> looks at me really seriously and he's like hey the only way she's gonna stay calm is if you stay calm do you know her and I was like yes and he was like what's her name and I was like Shirley and he was like all right keep her awake but calm down and so I was like okay Shirley you've been in an accident but you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay and I'm like you hear that it's an ambulance and it's gonna come get you and you're gonna be okay and it was just like such mayhem. I had to keep shaking her awake because she kept passing out. And then eventually the EMTs came. They loaded her up in an ambulance and she gave me all her stuff, you know, like because she had her bags and stuff because she was on her way to work. And she was like, just drop it off at housekeeping. They'll hold it for me. And so after like the dust kind of settles, I'm just standing there on the sidewalk holding her stuff like super shell shocked. Like what the fuck just happened? And God bless this random white woman. This white lady walked up to me and she was like, hey, that was a lot. You okay? And she just hugged me and I started bawling. (laughs) I was like, ugly crying on this stranger because so much had happened and I had to like try to be calm. I'd been crying, but you know, I I hadn't let it all out. And so this random woman just let me like, cry on her shoulder like heaving sobs on her shoulder for like five minutes shout out to you i i never got your name i never saw her again nothing she you know it was just like over and then we went back to our lives but if you ever see this thank you for being a shoulder to cry on because i really needed it in that moment but um yeah so I ended up having to go to work after that with I had all this stuff with me and Shirley's papers and her bags. And I just walked into the HR department and I was like, somebody tell housekeeping that they're going to be short a housekeeper because Shirley's in the hospital. And I was like crying again. So it was just like, I still sometimes, I don't know if it's PTSD or flashbacks or what but sometimes I'll be sitting there you know like you zone out and you start to remember things and I'll just see her car flying through the air and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get that image out of my head because I've never seen a car fly through the air like that but um yeah so needless to say driving in Miami and South Florida in general I feel like once you hit that West Palm Beach sign 
Driving gets out of control. It's like freaking mayhem down there. As soon as you get to West Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, madness on the road. Madness. I feel like I'm in Grand Theft Auto. Anyway, another crazy aspect of living in South Florida was the wildlife. When I told you it feels like you're living in a zoo, it really feels like you're living in a zoo. The list of animals just like roaming free down there is really, it's out of control. So I spent a lot of time at the beach until one day when sharks decided to swim up to the shoreline and um, was literally in the water when that happened. It was like, got to the beach and I remember getting there and being like, oh my God, there are no waves. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to the beach and there have been no waves, but it's very noticeable when there's no waves. It's just like totally flat and still. And so I think it was like low tide or something because I could see a sandbar. And so I was trying to get to the sandbar when a man on the beach called out like, hey, hey. And then he whistled and then he pointed down the beach and you could see the shark coming right towards me. So I ran up and there was another girl further down the beach and I was like, get out of the water! There's a shark! You know, hysterical, because that's how I am. I'm hysterical, in case anybody was wondering. And uh, yeah, the, the sharks, like, there was the first shark that showed up and then we waited maybe like 30 minutes to see, maybe, you know, that shark's gone and we can get in the water. Nope. We went back up to the edge and there were more sharks. It was like he was like he went hootie hoo or something and called all his homies like there were so many sharks in the water. Um, it was very hard for me to go to the beach again after that, especially because I liked that beach. And I was like, mm, I don't know how I'm going to be able to come back to a beach where I've seen sharks, you know, so that wasn't fun. I also found out that in Florida schools, they teach you what to do if you encounter an alligator. And the correct answer is run in zigzags because apparently alligators are only fast if they're running in one direction. So if you like switch the direction on them real fast, they won't know what to do. Um, So, yeah, that was that was rather informative. I was not expecting to learn that. There also was like randomly a large population of wild parrots in Fort Lauderdale. I don't know why, but there were a lot of wild parrots by the port in Fort Lauderdale where the cruise ships come. There's so many of them. And I also saw some during the pandemic. Me and my boyfriend like to go on really long walks um, because the neighborhood was actually really nice. But we were walking one day and I saw these two parrots flying over my head. And I was like, what? You know, because in most places you see like. I don't know, red robin, the little the little blackbirds, even you know, even a crow. But I've never seen a parrot just like out and about in the wild. So that was really random. Oh, I also saw a large migration of crabs near our apartment. We went to get gas one day. I was getting ready to make a left out of our neighborhood, and I looked to my right to make sure no cars were coming. And when I tell you that there were hundreds of crabs in the street, I mean, hundreds, like, like so many, so many. And they were just like all over the street. And I'm like, where did, where did these come from? Did they fall off a truck 
Because there's no way that all these crabs just came out of the ocean and decided to be in this random Fort Lauderdale community. I mean, I just... But yeah, that was... They, they were just, like, out there. There was one time we also saw this giant crab in our parking lot of our apartment building just taking his sweet time to walk across the parking lot. <laughs> no. I don't know. The craziest animal rumor that I heard but never witnessed was that there were wild macaques near the Fort Lauderdale airport. I never saw them myself, so I can't speak personally for that, but I was told by many people that there are wild macaque monkeys living by the Fort Lauderdale airport. I don't I don't I don't know when they got there or why they're there, but what it is is the thing about Florida is a lot of people own exotic pets. I feel like there's not as many rules around exotic pets in Florida. And a lot of time, those exotic pets are really hard to take care of. And people don't take that into consideration when they get them. So when that happens and they get to be too hard to take care of, instead of finding a sanctuary to take care of them, a lot of folks will just release them into the wild. Um, so this is why the Everglades has such an out-of-control python problem. So pythons have no natural predators and they continue to grow as long as they're alive. So they're now dealing with these massive pythons with no predators to control their population. And that's because people would get these snakes, they'd get out of hand, and then they go dump them in the Everglades. And then they repopulated and took over. Um, snakes weren't just an Everglades problem, though, in South Florida. When I was living in Miami, my friends once came to visit me from Maryland. And we were going to go on a boat tour in Fort Lauderdale. And as we're on the highway going like 70 miles per hour, a snake pops his head up from under the hood of the car. And I have video of it. Here he is just looking me in my eyes. And it was the wildest. I didn't even I didn't even know what to think. I wanted to like tuck and roll right out of the car because I'm like, is he going to go back under the hood and like find a way out through the vents? So that was the most stressful 20 minute drive of my life. Um, we never found that snake. When we got to our destination, the people there at that boat thing, they, first of all, they thought we were high, which we were, we had smoked weed. So we weren't exactly credible at that point, but they said they saw it slither out while we were on the boat and then they couldn't find it. So that sucked, but, um, you know, didn't get bit by a snake. So that's cool. You know, it was just like a wild, wild place to live. Snakes and crabs and turtles and macaques and parrots and gators. It was just a lot. So you would think that even in a crazy place like Florida, you could still find solace and peace at home. Not the case. So when I first moved to Miami, um, during the first nine months, I was couch surfing. So I was just staying with people, friends, whoever. I slept in my car one night. Was not fun. But eventually got a place in Miami Gardens. Was there for, I think, two years. And then moved to Fort Lauderdale with my boyfriend. When we first moved to Fort Lauderdale into that apartment, it was really nice. The neighbors were nice. They had a kid. They were super quiet. They were super chill. Everybody was super chill. And then our lovely neighbors moved out. And the craziest people moved in. And then the pandemic hit. 
and all hell broke loose. So somehow both, there were like four units on every floor in the apartment we lived in. So somehow two out of four of those units contained crazy people in crazy relationships. There was one guy straight across from us who was super chill, didn't bother a soul, didn't even know his name. He was super quiet. That's how I like it. You know, like he was, he was awesome. But then the two neighbors in between us, oh my God, y'all. Oh my God. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I posted about them during the pandemic because that's how out of control they were, that I started making skits with the audio that I got from their arguments, which I'm going to play for you. So little backstory on the neighbors. The next door neighbors who lived right next to us, first of all, I can't even tell you how many people lived in that apartment. Like, I saw a new person twice a week coming in out of that apartment. So I don't know who actually, like, lived there and used it as their address. Not a clue. But there were crazy people coming in and out of there all the time. But the craziest of them all was the one lady. I don't know people's names because I don't want to get to know my neighbors like that, especially if they're crazy. So we'll call the we'll call her the lady who walked her white dog. This lady had a little white dog that she walked all the time, and her lover came over in a rage one day. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share that audio with you. So she went to pick him up at Seven Eleven, and when he came back, he was froggy as hell. I don't know why. Um, the apartments were well soundproofed, by the way, but these neighbors liked to fight in the hallway, and the hallway was like a dome shape, and it just like echoed. You could hear. It like ten like they could be having like a, a regular conversation, but if you're standing out in the hallway, it sounds like it's amplified. So them yelling literally felt like they were in my living room. People are always asked me, How did you get such good audio? Were you out there with them? I'm like, no, I was in my house, in my apartment, with the door shut, and I could still hear them screaming like this. He came over and wanted to air her out to her husband, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Either way, the husband didn't really care because the chick was still living there the next day. And he came, and the other guy came over again the next week. So nobody broke up. Not husband, not boyfriend. Everybody stayed together. It was weird. And so then next door to them were no better. So next door to them was a couple, a guy and a girl, and the guy's son. Now, I can say for a fact that before I knew about any baby mama drama, I knew that it wasn't the girl's son. She kind of treated him a little weird. So they got in an argument once and they had been in the hallway yelling at each other. So me and my boyfriend were just like standing by the door being nosy and listening to them. At one point, my boyfriend goes to look out of the window because she's like leaving and I'm looking out of the peephole and I see the boyfriend come out of their apartment and throw something over the railing. And it lands and my boyfriend goes, damn. And it was her purse. My man threw her purse behind her as she left. I don't know what he was trying to say or do, but he chucked the purse after her and it fell behind her as she walked down the street. So she had to come back and grab her purse and then go wherever it was she was going. She did not seem happy. And um, so anyway, he had a kid. And then there was one time where I woke up to a commotion 
because old girl pushed his baby mama down the stairs of our apartment complex. The police came and nobody got arrested somehow. They basically told the baby mama, like, don't come over here if you don't want no problems. And I was like, what? That's her child. Her child lives here. How can you tell her? <laughs> don't come over here if you don't want no problems. Meet up at the drop off place. But you know what? This is why I don't have kids because I don't want none of that drama. Okay. It was a mess. They literally also they broke up like every other week. I'm not even kidding. Like if I had to count how many times they broke up and she moved out, it'd probably be like a dozen at least. She moved out like every week. I'm not even kidding. There was also one time her dad came to help her move out and he kind of got on my nerves because he was sitting up there playing mediator trying to get them to you know meet each other halfway and see eye to eye and we're like yelling through the door let them break up we're tired of hearing them argue like they argue so much they had no shame in letting the rest of us know how much they hated each other yeah here comes dad barely privy to the issues talking about y'all need to work it out that ain't even his baby mama what, he, what do they need to work it out for they're young they need to break up and meet new people yeah once we decided to move like it really got crazy I, one day we woke up and there was literally a jaguar i don't know some kind of luxury car slammed into the side of one of the buildings and i'll show you there's a picture of that as well so it was just like it was crazy. And then there was one time I was sleeping and I had a dream where there were these flashing red and blue lights and something told me this isn't a dream. And I opened my eyes and my dark room is covered in like siren lights, blue and red lights. And we look outside. It looked like the whole fire brigade was outside. Why? No idea. There was never an explanation. We never found out why. We just woke up one night and there was the entire fire brigade and paramedic brigade right outside our apartment. Never to this day found out why. Honestly, though, all things considered, I have no regrets when it comes to living in South Florida. It was hard. It was not easy by any means. It taught me a lot about myself, about how much I can take, about how much I'm willing to make things work for the sake of my dreams, but I have no regrets. I met amazing people in Florida. Um, my coworkers from Margaritaville, my coworkers from the Hilton models that I met working on gigs. Like I met a lot of really great people and I wouldn't take, there was a lot of rejection when it comes to my career in South Florida. And I'm thankful for that because it prepared me for the amount of rejection that I get in California kind of rolls right off of me. Um, but Miami was definitely the right choice in my journey. And if I had to do it again, I absolutely would. I've met the love of my life in Miami. I managed to further my career, you know, and I and I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. It got to be a little too fun, you know, like sometimes too much fun does happen. So but other than that, you know, I'm really I really am so thankful for for all that time, you know, and it made me trust the timing of my life for sure. And it was an amazing stepping stone in my career and my life. And I'm eternally grateful that I was able to grow and learn down there. But I'm going to send you home with an assignment. Let's do the Florida man birthday challenge. So I want you guys to go home and Google your birth date along with the words Florida man and see what headline comes up. 
So you can leave a comment on my YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok with what you found. And, um, you know, let me know what went down in Florida on your birthday. On my birthday in 2017, a man was arrested for eating pancakes at an intersection. And when I say pancakes, I mean, my man had a table, tablecloth, a chair, silverware, like he was going to town on the pancakes. Got a picture for you as well for that. (laughs) So make sure you go do the Florida man birthday challenge and let me know what comes up. And that's it for our show this week. Make sure you download this episode using the link in my bio or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and check out the visual version on YouTube. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Simply Evelyn for a sneak peek at next week's episode. A bientôt, mes amis.